Hey, it's December 1st. I'm Charlie Roberts, and I want to know who's fishing today. I'm pretty sure that uh, my guest this afternoon is not fishing right now. We're bringing on Andrew Roberts from Andrew Roberts Outdoors. Uh, he's up in Peru, New York. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's about 25 degrees up there right now, so he will not be doing any bass fishing today. Uh, unlike where I'm recording from, I am in Moxville, North Carolina, where it's 60 degrees today. It's rainy, but 60 degrees, and I'm pretty sure that Andrew would much prefer this weather and be out on a boat. Nonetheless, we are going to get him to talk about his uh, youth fishing um, as he was pretty successful in that. We'll get him to talk about the tournaments that he was in uh, and not let him shy away from the fact that he is a two-time youth New York State champion. Uh, he does have a youth Eastern Division championship, and he did make an appearance twice in the youth world championships where one of those tournaments he finished in second place. Uh, I was at the tournament in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was his very first world championship that he got to fish in. We'll get him to talk about how what it was like to take the big stage as they fished the same weekend with the FLW for the Forest Wood Cup. Uh, we'll get him to talk about that experience, what it meant to him, um, talk about the Berkeley sponsorship he acquired from that tournament. And then we'll get him to talk about the rough uh, tournament that he had for his second world championship two years later, uh, where he fished in hot springs. As I recall, I was out there also very, very hot, very difficult fishing conditions for all involved. Uh, either way, we'll get him to talk at the, talk about those and not shy away from the fact that he is a successful angler and see what he, what he's been up to, where he's, what his goals are and what's coming up for him. Andrew, Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. First podcast of Fish Talk with Andrew Roberts of Andrew Roberts Outdoors. Woohoo! Yeah, that's exciting. How's the fishing going up there right now? Oh, it's not going on up there right now. <laughs> uh, I said earlier I didn't think you were fishing up there. It's about 25 degrees. Am I right? It's very cold, very, very, very cold. You want to trade it for the 60-degree rainy weather we have here? Absolutely, because we're supposed to get like six inches of snow tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, you can go ahead and keep that. I will take the rainy weather down here, and I am headed to Myrtle Beach in the morning to go play with the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. Yeah. tomorrow. I wish I could be heading to some warm weather in the morning. Yeah. So listen, uh, let's let's talk fishing. Let's uh, let's talk about what, how you started in fishing, and uh, what what your inspirations were, and who you followed, and who you did the most fishing with, and and what you love about it. All right. So I started fishing probably back when I was about three, four years old, with my grandfather, out of a good old Cajun bass boat. That was a good old boat, and. Uh, yeah, he basically got me hooked right then and there, you know, from bass fishing to perch fishing to walleye fishing to, to you know, sitting at a dock catching nothing. How often did that happen? Now, uh, mind you, I, I fished with your grandfather many bass tournaments. Um, 
pre-Andrew Roberts. So, and I know how that goes. How did it go with you? Uh, you know, we were always catching fish, but no matter what, when we weren't catching fish, we were making memories. And, boy, there was a lot of memories. Funny ones. No bad ones. Just mostly funny ones. A what's lot your, of good ones. What's your favorite story? Uh, tell, tell a quick story of, of you and Roger on the lake. Uh, well, we were going down the lake one day. Boat was acting a little funny. We couldn't really figure it out until I look over and the anchor slapping through the water, you know, we're doing 40, 50 miles an hour, just flying through the air. That <laughs> so, he didn't, a, so he didn't take the anchor up. No, that was a typical day with my grandfather. Yeah, I can say I've been there, done that with him. <laughs> so that, that wasn't a one-off story there. Um, I t- I'll tell you one of my favorite stories with him. Uh, we were fishing, I want to say Lake Flower uh, in a tournament. He's up there trolling around, and you know the number of stumps that are in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's trolling around. I'm in the back fishing and stuff. Next thing I hear, a, a thump and then a splash. He's splashing around, carrying on. Uh, you know, your grandfather can't swim. And he's just carrying on, can't swim, can't swim. I'm like, Roger, stand up. We're in four feet of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was always fun fishing with him, so I'm glad that – uh you got to have fun doing that and learning the ropes with him because uh, he's he's a great angler in himself. So, yeah, absolutely, it's always fun to go out fishing with him. So, uh, so other than Roger, uh, you fish with anybody else, and and who in the professional side's been your inspiration, and and who do you follow the most on that? Yeah, so I always go out fishing with friends and. And my uncle, you know, we always go out. Last year we fished our first tournaments, true tournaments together. You know, we fished always a little bit of local tournaments, but I was pretty young then, had pretty much no experience. And now I have experience, so we go out and we do some tournament fishing together, and that's always fun. We didn't have the season we wanted to last year, but, you know, it was still fun and making memories. That's what it really comes down to. You know, I've done out, been out fishing with David Cook. He, he used to be out on the professional circuit, um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of those guys, Dion Hibden and stuff like that. Now, so you're, it's always you're, fun. now you're talking, now that you've mentioned David Cook, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, bring this up. So David Cook lives down here in North Carolina, not far from where I'm at. Uh, I believe he's still over in the Lake Norman area. And, uh, so when he when he fished professionally one year, I was getting ready to come up there. Uh, it was the beginning of the summer. They actually fished the FLW tour on Lake Champlain, and he offered to bring you back with him, so that I didn't have to make a trip up there. Um, I, I'll I'll never forget the night I picked you up from him in Huntersville, because uh, the first response when he got out of the vehicle was, "Your son doesn't shut up." <laughs> So it's very well known that you like to talk. You like to talk about fishing and the to spend uh, 13 hours in a fully decked out rig. And I believe he was with Crown Royal at the time. Yeah, uh, he was fishing on the FLW. Uh, so to spend 13 hours with David Cook, that had to be a highlight for you to try to pick his brain and get any information on fishing that you possibly could. Oh, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. A lot of fun. 
What's your uh, what's your favorite lake to fish? Well, of course, you know I'm fish out on Lake Champlain. That's Holden Town Lake. That's one of the greatest lakes in the United States. It's always ranked in the top ten of best lakes in the United States. You know, so it's fun. Everything from largemouth to smallmouth to walleye to perch to to muskie to pike you you name it you can catch it out on this lake and you can do it any time of the year really just one year one part of the year you're fishing out of a boat and the next part of the year you're fishing out of a shanty so so you're 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 getting close to being able to transition into the uh the shanty fishing now oh absolutely that's right around the corner outside of lake champlain because that's obviously the lake that you're on all the time um living that close to it um, let's go outside of Lake Champlain. Do you have a favorite run that you always enjoy seeing on any of the tournaments that you're going to fish or just being able to go to? Uh, you know, there's a lot of small lakes around here that I love going to. You mentioned earlier Lake Flower, and Lake Flower is an absolutely fun lake, very hard. You don't catch a lot of big fish, but they're in there. But it's just a very challenging, fun lake. Um, but last year I got to go to Candlewood Lake out in – out in Connecticut and boy that lake that was my first time there we spent three days there we didn't have the tournament that we wanted but I mean we weighed in 13 pounds with two fish so you know we had two monsters we just couldn't put all the puzzle pieces together but I can't wait to go back to that lake because it was a lot of fun now when you when you're gearing up for different tournaments uh whether it's Lake Champlain or Lake Flower or any other lake that you've been fishing on the circuits um, do you do your homework on it and due diligence uh, as to the types of baits that are most commonly used uh, among the, whether it's the professionals with MLF or FLW or Bassmaster Elites or anybody like that? Do you follow all that um, or do you just go out there pre-fish and figure your own deal out? Uh, well, you know, last year was the first really true year that we got to go to several lakes and, you know, where I was in control of the boat and I got to do you know, what I thought was right. And, you know, I, I went into that tournament of coming off past experience, fishing stuff that, you know, I'm familiar with. Um, but most of all, sticking to baits that I know how to fish and I know that they can catch fish. You know, I don't like to get up caught up in dock talk, but, you know, sometimes you have to go with what everybody's catching them on, but I try to stick, stick to what I feel comfortable with and, go from there do you like to stick with what you know do you have a favorite uh type of bait and, and favorite favorite type of way to fish uh cinco you know you can't go wrong with fishing a cinco cinco is my absolutely favorite bait to use um but last couple of years probably i don't know it, it really just started coming out is what's called the ned rig and uh it's always been out there but for some reason, the past couple of years, it's really taken off. And that's basically fishing with a little three-inch Senko on on a, a lead head. And that is, it's so much fun. You catch so much fish, and it's just a blast. I mean, you can't go wrong with a Senko. You'll catch them everywhere and anywhere with those. Going going into a little fishtail, uh, what's the largest fish you've caught that way? Uh, I've caught one pretty close to seven pounds, but I haven't broken the seven pound mark. Is that a three pound you're stretching to seven or is that a true seven? 
no, no, no. That's that's true. I think last year we weighed in one that was like six two or six three. But that's the biggest bass. I mean, I've caught bigger fish, you know, with muskie and pike and stuff. But so out of all the tournaments, now you fished, uh, and I know you that you fished a lot of tournaments. What has been your absolute favorite tournament, and why? Um, I'm going to say back in 2009, we went, I went and fished the junior nationals out on the three rivers in Pittsburgh. And, and, you know, I really didn't do catch amazing weight there, but I, I caught enough to move on to day two and win a Eastern division title and place second in the world. So, you know, from that, from that tournament on, that was the tournament that got me truly hooked on tournament fishing and uh, really made a big, big impact on my life. Yeah. So, so since that was brought up, since you brought that up uh, for those listeners that don't know, uh, Andrew, you're, you're a two-time youth New York state champion. Uh, You're an Eastern division youth champion and you've made two appearances at the junior guard of the junior national world championships you fished in pittsburgh for your first world championship and you pitched pit, uh fished again uh i believe it was hot hot springs arkansas is that correct yep yep so you've seen success uh you've pit you've fished on the world stage um those that aren't familiar with the junior world championships they you normally coincide with the flw tour when they fish for their big championship with the forest wood cup so you got to experience the large stage, the large crowds. Um, what did it feel like the first time you stepped on that stage in Pittsburgh? Uh, pretty overwhelming because I'll tell you, there was a lot of people there, a lot of cameras, and, you know, it was just very over- overwhelming. I think at the time I was um, 14 years old, you know, so it was just a, a lot to take in and, um, never been to a small, I never been to a big tournament like that, you know, and actually fishing it. So it was a lot of nerves, but a lot of excitement too, you know, most of all, just because you're around all the pros, you know, so you got to watch all these pros be fishing and it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you got, you got to see the ones that you constantly watch on the internet watch on the tv you read about um i know you listen to a lot of podcasts and you read a lot of blogs and try to stay up on the on the latest so you got to not only see your idols and the people that you read about and stuff but you got to uh, be on that same stage um knowing i was there when they launched day one you had a slight delay if i remember right in pittsburgh yep. there was a heavy fog so they delayed your launch times so your fishing day was cut short, but you were still very successful in that short day of fishing um, and able to move on to win your first East, Eastern Division Championship and fish on the big stage on the next day. Yeah, correct. So transitioning out of, uh, out of Pittsburgh, uh, I believe you got a, you got a Berkeley sponsorship uh, coming out of Pittsburgh because of your fishing. Um, yes, I did. Went on to went on to fish more local tournaments. Uh, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe you. Uh, you ba- I think you just barely missed the New York State Championship the following year. Yeah, and, I lost it by uh, 
by uh, either like a pound or a couple ounces from a from a good buddy of mine. Yeah, so so uh, a lot of a lot of competitions are are measured in uh, points um, in other sports, but in the in the sport of fishing, um, your successes and failures are measured in ounces. What's what's the is there a difference in your feeling when you're come in with a large bag of weight? Um, say you come in with a 20 pound weight uh, in your tournament, uh, but you lo- you lose it by a half an ounce. What is that, what's that feeling like, and what do you do to try to correct it, or is there a way to correct it? How much of it uh, is, is bound on luck of being in the right place, right time? Uh, I you know I truly think if it's your day, it's your day. Um, you know, it, it can really tear you down, you know, to lose by ounces, but you still got to go out, you know, the next day or, you know, the next tournament and do the best you can and put in a hundred percent effort. You know, I look at every tournament as a learning experience and you just, you got to go from there. You know, it's one of those things you're, you're either going to be in the right place at the right time or, or you're not going to be, you know, it's, adjusting on the fly and sometimes that can be pretty difficult right so what a coming out of pittsburgh obviously you learned a lot um you you gained that valuable experience took it into the next year um came up just short the following year you came back with redemption won the new york state championship again and went on to hot springs arkansas and that name is does no justice to the amount of heat that you dealt with there in arkansas Describe that day, because as a spectator, um, all your family was in, in there uh, in support. And I can remember that that day was extremely hot. There was a lot of dehydration going on. How did that affect you on the boat, and how did it change the way you fish? Uh, so, yeah, that tournament was pretty unique because that was really the first time I I ever really traveled that far to fish a tournament. And from from where I am up in Plattsburgh, New York, that, that was a, that was a two day of, you know, straight driving for 14 plus hours. So, uh, when we finally got the fish, it was hot. I mean, it was hot when you woke up at four in the morning and, and it, uh, it just got hotter and hotter. Um, um, I remember that day it, I was fishing against heat <laughs> and not fish cause I'm not used to that type of heat. So it, it wore me down pretty quick and, you know, a lot of all those fishermen out there listening would know, you know, you don't really drink or eat enough during the day because you're too worried about fishing. Um, but, you know, from what I remember that day, I was wearing black Crocs. By the end of the day, I was not wearing those anymore. Um, I caught a lot of fish that day. Um, I got picked on a lot because I was using a pink Cinco. <laughs> and uh, the guys down there really never seen a pink Cinco before. So that was fun. And I caught all my fish on that. Um, I did catch a fish that would have made a huge difference uh, for me, but it was in a slot limit. So there was a gap between the fish that you could catch and keep. So it was in that gap to where I had to throw it back. So that was pretty unfortunate, but I'll tell you, it was, it was fun. I just, I couldn't make it happen. Yeah, Andrew, for, for the ones that don't know or follow the sport as close, explain what you mean by in the gap um, in the slot fishing and why they were using that on that lake. Uh, so in some states, they run uh, slot limits, you know, to keep 
good good fish you know nice and healthy in the lake and not being caught to keep or or things like that um you know so for example you could keep a fish that was uh you know 12 to 14 inches in length with 12 inches being minimum and then there was a gap between like 14 and say 17 inches that you had to throw back and then you could keep anything 17 inches or bigger um so they try to they try to do that you know to make make your fish turn into game fish and nice big trophy fish so they do that for the for uh environmental reasons and keeping the keeping the fish healthy is that correct yes yeah okay so let's uh let's uh talk about more of your boating experiences um obviously you're you're an established successful angler uh what was your first boat again? Because I believe it was the same boat that I've done some fishing out of pre-Andrew. Um, and I'll tell you a little story on when that boat was bought. Uh, so, yeah, that was a 90, 94 um, Raging Cajun Model X. And uh, that was, I believe, a boat brand that was made by an off-brand made by Ranger. But I'm not 100% um, certain on that. Um, but it was a little 17 foot with a 115 Merc on it. And I'll tell you that Merc was just about the strongest Mercury out there on the market. Of course, Mercury always has, um, great engines, you know, and, uh, they're not a sponsor. I wish they were a sponsor. <laughs> um, but that little boat right there, that boat was put through hell. That was, I'll tell you, my grandfather got his money out of that boat because that boat went through hell and back, um, Oh, a dozen times. Uh, yeah, and I can uh, attest to that also. Uh, so that, that boat seemed calm waters, and it seemed very rough waters with very large waves. And uh, uh, I know myself, I've fished in that boat uh, in some tournaments where that small of a boat should not have been in that tournament um, due to the waves. Um, I'm quite sure that you've been in that same boat, in the same situation. Uh, yeah, you know, I... I... That boat I used to call Christine. That boat had a mind of its own, and I'll tell you, she was a she was a bad girl. She she liked to do some funny things, and and uh, she was a big jinx, I think. <laughs> and everybody that was close and fished out of that boat would totally understand that boat was a jinx. Um, but there was a lot of big fish caught out of that boat, and a lot of success out of that boat. It's just. It reminded me of that car, Christine, off that movie. So that's how come Christine so, always stuck with her. Yeah, so you, you appropriately uh, named that. And I, I've fished uh, again with your grandfather, Roger, in that boat. I was there day one when he bought that boat. He called me up, wanted to go do some fishing. Uh, if I recall right, he picked that boat up. Um, I met him up at Little Shazy Landing uh, up there. And then... Uh, he launched it. We took a little stroll through the water, um, literally, and uh, right there in the river just to break it in a little bit before we went out on the lake. As we were going up the river, the water inside the boat began to climb my legs. Uh, and I asked Roger if he even put his plug in, which he did not. We had all we could do to get back to the dock and get it on the trailer so we could drain the water. Um, so that uh, probably is what began the uh constant headaches and problems and you appropriately named it christine um 
on another on another note, uh, I've I've been fishing out there on Lake Champlain with you. Um, I think we've done some recreational fishing as well as uh, tournament fish. And uh, I remember we were out there fishing one day, and for whatever reason, your boat didn't want to crank up again. So we're out there floating around uh, with a cover off the top of the engine and trying to repair it, changing spark plugs and get it going. Is that correct? Yep. Never a dull moment with Andrew Roberts outdoors. No, that boat was uh, that boat was a great boat. I mean, we sold it last year, um, and you know we had the boat for 25 years. I was really sad to see it keep see it go, but you know, I just I had to get that jinx out of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but, uh, what did you get into now? I know, I know you got another boat. Uh, what are you fishing out of now, um, and how is that going? Uh, so now I have a. Uh, Triton a TR21X um, and that boat is a complete different boat than what I was used to when I bought it it's it's so much bigger I went from a 17 foot to a 21 foot with just a massive deck and you know it made a huge difference and it also has a 225 on it so I gained 115 horsepower on it or 110 horsepower and um I'll tell you that that boat goes. I have I've had it up to sixty eight miles an hour scooping across the lake, and and I'll tell you it, it makes a very big difference on on your fishing because you just have, you know, you can go out in those rough days and and handle the water. And of course, I've had that boat through a couple waves, you know, gotten a little wet, but um, those were some days that we probably shouldn't have been out on Lake Champlain. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just it's an overall huge difference it's a lot of fun um i can keep up with a lot of the guys now running and gunning and you know it makes a big difference all right so coming out of your old boat into your new boat um compare your struggles on the water what were your struggles in christine um when you're out fishing uh compared to any current struggles you have in your new boat is is there a comparison in your fishing? Has it been equipment-wise for your struggles? Has it been uh, of a wide variety of things? What, what's been the biggest struggles on the water? Um, you know, compared to the other boat, it has bigger live wells, so that's always nice. Um, my other boat only had one live well in the back, and this one has the dual live well, so that, that right there is big plus, you know. Uh, a lot more storage-wise. Um, it's wider and longer, so... So it handles the water a lot better when you're running and, and fishing wise, you just, you have so much more room to fish and that's always a plus when you have family and friends that want to go out with you, you know, makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, and, and confidence wise, you can put a lot of the bigger equipment on there. I went from a 24 volt to a 36 volt battery system for my trolling motor and that right there is a tremendous difference you can cover a lot more ground a lot faster so you know it has has made a big impact you know especially on being able to go out on the rougher days or fishing a tournament and not worrying about um anything breaking or you know worrying about the lake turning on you to a south wind and getting back to the dock nice and safe you know i don't really have that worry anymore so what is uh what's your what's your overall overall goal with fishing, um, compared to where you're at right now, uh, fishing, 
and where you want to be fishing in the next year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? Uh, so, you know, the number one goal is just win a tournament. Of course, that's everybody's goal. You know, one tournament can make a tremendous impact on your life, especially financially. Um, cause you know, our, our hobbies are pretty expensive hobbies. So it's not cheap to have a boat to run a boat or fish out of a boat. So, um, so that is, you know, number one goal is just fish a tournament and win it. Um, I'd say goal number two is try to win a angler of the year title or possibly a, a championships in that division. That's always a, everyone's goal and to make it happen would be awesome. Um, but you know, in, in five years, I would love to just be out fishing every day. That would be, that would be a dream of mine and just, you know, be able to make a living off from it and do what you love to do would, would just be awesome. What's it, what's it take to, what's it going to take to achieve your goals in fishing? Um, I know sponsorship is always a key player in any sport. What is the difference um, in other sports compared to sponsorship in fishing? And how will that, how would a sponsorship help you obtain your goal? Uh, so fishing, unlike any other sports is you're actually paying to be a professional. So, so you're, you are putting thousands or hundreds of dollars into this, into a sport and paying somebody to go out and fish and try to make a living. Um, so sponsorships are a, a must need, you know, you, you got to have them to make up some of the costs else you're, you're pumping out a lot of big money um, to do it, you know, so you really got to have those sponsors or you got to be financially ready to make that risk and go out and do it. You know, on a, on a great day, you could easily make all your money back and, and be happy. But I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's easier to have a bad day and, and uh, go home on those long trips, you know, with no money in your wallet. It's a lot easier to do that. Easier as in that it's that that's the easier way of leaving a tournament as opposed to um, having a sponsorship help you pay those fees and get to the tournament, have the right equipment. And then all, even though you, you might struggle on the water that day, you're still financially stable when you leave that tournament. Yes. I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is, is when you have all your money on the line, um, you're pretty nervous going into that tournament because you know what you got to do to to go back home and you know pay your bills or or do whatever you need to do with your money um so going into a tournament that's already paid for with with sponsorship dollars and uh can make a big impact on how you fish because you might take those gambles to try to catch bigger fish and you might be more successful because you don't have all that weight on your shoulders so right so with sponsorships and there's been a lot of news uh, in the professional world um, here of late uh, with FLW and M MLF and even Bass. Uh, what do you think the state of the professional tournament fishing is? Uh, it's, it's on the rise again, you know, um, probably 10 years ago, you know, the fishing got on the rise again. The Forestwood Cup had a million dollar payout for first place in the, in the cup. And I think I think we're going to see that again not too much longer. You know, the the 
economy is doing good again. Um, the sport of fishing is doing good. You have all these high school anglers that are now fishing and competing in high school, and that is just that is crazy insane on how big that's taking off. I think they had championships last year that had over 400 boats in it, and that's just absolutely insane. Um, college fishing is getting huge, and it's becoming very popular. I mean, kids are actually getting a full-ride scholarship to go out and bass fish. You know, that that's amazing. Right. Yeah, all that stuff was unheard of back when I, would, I used to fish a lot of tournaments. And uh, what's available to not only you at this time, but even uh, the younger youth, um, what's available for them to even help them along in the sport? It's almost like a farm system with baseball. You know, you've got your class A, class AA, class AAA before you even make it to the big show. Um, that's pretty much where the grassroots are in fishing right now. With the you got your local clubs, and it all starts with your with your family um, putting time investment in you and getting you out on the lake. And then you got your local club tournaments, um, which leads into your your high schoolers are creating teams to further on your fishing, and then rolling it right into a college. So it, it, major league fishing, and uh, not necessarily using that name, but professional fishing really does have a grassroots program to get you to that level. Oh yeah, absolutely. More now than ever. It's just, it's, it's awesome. There's been a lot of shakeup between anglers and and well-known anglers uh, bouncing around between different levels of professional fishing. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, who do you see being the most successful in 2020 in the professional environment? Uh, so yeah, there's been a lot of, a lot of shakeup, you know, major league fishing purchased FLW, which is a very well-known tournament organization. And, and, you know, there's been a, a lot of changes, hopefully for the good. Uh, everybody has their, their own opinion on, on how that's going to go and what everybody thinks about that. Um, you know, so we'll see where that, how that all ends up. Um, and, Who's going to do better? I, you know, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that because uh, this year was like the, the true first year of Bass Pro Tour out of MLF. And that was a, that's a very unique format. That's the first series that ever got to fish on no entry fees. So that made a huge impact on the sport. Um, you know, and this year they're going to a lot of big lakes, a lot of big fish lakes. So that's going to be interesting. So I really don't know who is going to have the best overall turnout this year. But I know um, Scott Martin is going – he announced he's going to fish the Bass Opens to try to make the Bass Elite. So, you know, I'm rooting for him to qualify into the Elites because that's that right there is an extremely hard path to take to try to get the elites you know there's a lot of amazing anglers out there so you have a guy that is a legend in flw and he left there to go fish the bass open so you have a guy that's trying to fish his way in when he's more than capable of fishing in the elites and i'll tell you he's gonna have a run for his money because there's a lot of great anglers out there yeah i feel i feel the the sport of fishing it really on the uh, professional side levels the playing field. Um, your skill set is 
you know, a lot of it's you got to be in the right place at the right time. I feel um, you've got to know your waters, you've got to know your baits, um, and then it's just basically on the technique that you've developed over the years. So I, I feel the, you know, I think the the playing field's level on that aspect with the boating and and the equipment that's available to you. Um, you know, it's just basically your knowledge on the water. Oh, absolutely! All those all those tournaments you're going to. Uh, you're having locals enter those tournaments. So, I mean, you're fishing against, you know, 150 plus anglers, but you're also fishing against some amazing local anglers, you know? So, I mean, I know when you come to Lake Champlain, you're always going to have three, at least three local anglers that are in the top 10 fishing on the last day of the tournament, you know, and they're giving those pros a run for their money. Cause I'll tell you, we have some, a lot of amazing anglers that fish locally here on, lake champlain so right well andrew i appreciate you coming on my podcast and uh creating the first episode with fish talk with andrew roberts of andrew roberts outdoors and i hope that we can uh get you on more podcasts maybe we can do a couple a week and uh throw some fishing knowledge out there in between my baseball stuff oh absolutely i love i love talking fishing and I love talking sports, you know. I love throwing my opinion out there and having some fun and making some good laughs. All right. Well, sounds good. I will uh I will talk to you offline and we'll we'll uh see what we can do about getting another podcast together. Absolutely. Hey, stay uh stay warm up there in upstate New York and uh let me know how the fishing goes with the ice shanty. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an awesome pleasure being on No Nothing Sports Talk. Let's let's hopefully kick in another episode here pretty shortly. Sounds good. I'll wrap this thing up and uh, we'll get this thing posted out there for everybody. All right. Stay nice and cool. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Bye. Well, that was Andrew of Andrew Roberts Outdoors. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as we got to know Andrew a little bit and uh, got some of his thoughts on the overall fishing, whether it was him or the upcoming uh, season. Um, Looking forward to having him on a few more podcasts. Go ahead and leave us a comment on this podcast. Leave us a voice message. You can click on the link, leave us voice messages. Hey, if you want to hear from him about some other fishing stuff, types of baits, uh, techniques, um, his thoughts on any, any given angler and, what's going on in the sport, leave us a voice message. We'll, uh, I'll queue it up and get them on the next podcast on it. Uh, this is Charlie Roberts with no nothing sports talk. Y'all have a great day.